It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Brickline Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brickline in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Thanks for joining me for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things at Brick Lane. You can find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Let's talk some footy. I've been talking a bit of footy, but let's talk a bit more footy with one of the all-time greats, Mark Bickley, two-time Premiership captain, AFL Nation commentator and co-host of SENSA Breakfast. Joins us thanks to Tool Kit Depot, TKD. Trade members get trade pricing. Sign up today. Every time I say TKD for Toolkit Depot, I want to say TDK for Tom DeConing. But it is Toolkit Depot that Mark Bickley joins us for, and he's on the line right now. Welcome to your bits. Great to have you on. Oh, thank you, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And, well, Matthew Nix got signed up. Matthew Nix, we're told, is going to get signed up before round one by a couple of your offsiders, I think, Kim Dillon and and a couple of others uh, talking about it. What's the latest with Matthew Nix and his contract? Well, look, I think most people agree with, with that, that he will, uh, that the club will move on that and make that happen. And I guess it's, um, it's, it's really about, you know, just a bit of stability. I heard Gary Lyon talking during the week and sort of saying, well, what's the rush? Nobody else is going to come out and steal Matthew Nix. But I think it's more about, um, rewarding him for the environment that he's created, the, the progression that they've had over the last four years where they've gone from you know being on the bottom of the ladder to, to now you know being a really strong chance of playing finals footy this year. And the atmosphere around the club is one of real positivity and, and um, you know, and, and a place where the, the players really want to be. So I think that, for me, is, you know, the way they play, the spirit they play would, would suggest that you want to keep that going and, and provide some stability by saying Matthew Nix is going to be here for the next couple of years. So why have they delayed it, do you think? Because has there been a, a problem with the number or the the amount of years? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I'm just not sure it's been a real priority. I think you mm. know, Matthew Nix would say that his you know absolute focus right now is preparing his team really well. Um, it's been a short preseason uh, comparatively to, to previous years, so that's why I think you know I'm sure that the managements are talking and it's going to happen. Maybe there's just a little bit of haggling both ways, but um, yeah, like I say, I think it's a fait accompli. What do you think is going to happen in the wider world of footy this year? Bix, who's the ones that are, you know, you've obviously had a look at picking your eight. Who's going to jump in? Who's going to jump out? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting question. And, and um, I was 
talking to someone the other day who was making the point around every year for the last couple of years, someone from the bottom four has mm. jumped up into the eight. And you, I think it might have been Josh Jenkins who was talking about it on SEN. And, and when you look at the bottom four, North and uh, West Coast Eagles, and then you've got Hawthorne and, and the Gold Coast. I, I think the Gold Coast are most likely out of those four teams. I think we'll see some improvement up there. You generally get a bit of a spike when you get a, a new experienced coach in, like, like Damien Hardwick. They've, um, they've got some really good talent in through the draft. How quickly they come on will, will be interesting. But um, well, I think they will be uh, challenging for the top eight. I think Adelaide will probably challenge for the top eight that they... I think they had five games last year, four against the um, you know teams that played inside the eight. They lost by under a goal, including sort of twice to, to Collingwood. So they only have to, to rectify that and and you know get a half decent call on the uh, the, the arc and, and they played finals last year. So I think they can probably improve. Um, and I, it's hard to, to predict who's going to drop out of the eight. I don't know. I, I I feel like every year I'm really harsh on St Kilda, and I didn't think they were going to do great guns last year but they they did and and played in the eight and you know i'm probably thinking they're the one that, that mm. may drop out i'm reasonably bullish on carlton i think carlton you know a real strong contender to push up into the, the top four um and sydney it's hard to see sydney going backwards either so yeah i, I think it's, it looks like a crackerjack season i think Essendon will probably improve it feels like there's a different mood around that football club i love the players off their own bat decided to to head overseas and try and make himself better. Port Adelaide have been really positive and by adding some depth with a couple of Ruckman and a couple of key defenders, that sort of fills some, some critical needs for them. So I'm not much help here, Dwayne, but I think it's going, mm. to, it's going to be a great season. It is. So does that mean all of those teams could win the flag if everything, if the planets align? Are you talking about a number of those teams that are down the ladder a little bit that could actually have a, a bigger impact than we think? Perhaps, I mean, the Bulldogs missed the eight. I think they can win the flag. The Crows missed the eight. They get it right. Maybe they could. Um, Geelong think they still can because Tom Atkins was on the radio yesterday saying that they still think they can win the flag. There's a lot of Richmond fans out there that think they can, and they finished 13th. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, you know, I played in a team that came 12th one year and, and won it the next two. So, yep. like, you just don't know. But you'd think that the, the sort of probabilities are... like. I, I look at Brisbane, and I just feel like they were desperately unlucky last year. But even though, you know, they were a kick away from winning a flag, they, they still progressed. They went from being a perennial top-four finisher, not being able to make the final, to be able to make the grand final and live through that experience. And, um, you know, and I just feel that, that if, you, if they are good enough to get back to the grand final next year, the experience from 2023 will make them a better team. It will give them uh, a better chance of, of winning. I just know that the, every year you, you get back to to the last weekend in September, if you've done it before, it, it, you know what to expect. You know all the stuff that goes with it and you know how, um, you know, the opportunities that, that come with it. So I feel like right now, if I had to pick a team, I'd be saying Brisbane are the, the flag favourites. I like Carlton. I think they've got a really even spread of talent across the whole field. I know that you know, every team needs some luck with, um, you know, their, some of their key players. And Wittring's got a calf and, and there's some other injuries around the place. But, you know, if they can stay sound, I think they're going to improve again. And I just, I like the fact that they've, you know, showed a heap of confidence in Michael Voss and, and said he's our man and, and uh, reappointed him. So, yeah, there's, there's plenty of teams that are going to be great. And I don't think, you know, Collingwood are going to fall off the cliff either. Mm. They're going to be around the mark, obviously. So, um, 
Yeah, you need a crystal ball at this stage, Dwayne, I think. What's the most important thing? We've been debating it a bit today, having the a gun top five or top seven to take you to the promised land and win a flag or having the depth of squad to actually get you through? Yeah, I think the experience with Port Adelaide last year points to depth. You know, Port Adelaide won 13 in a row. A lot of those were away, but they, they got to the, the finals. They went out in straight sets because really... They, they were banged up in the ruck. They didn't really have another ruckman. Lysette played and, and wasn't quite right. They were skinny down back. They played injured defenders and who were undersized, and and, uh, and that really hurt them as well. So I, I feel like you, just, you need the depth to be able to come in and, and be able to play a role. And, and if you look at Collingwood's rise over the last couple of years, so Craig McRae takes over, and I think they were a bottom four side when he took over. Um, they didn't bring a whole lot of talent in, but they just, you know, realigned their focus, the way they wanted to play, the way they wanted to, uh, the environment they created. That you know, you look at every Collingwood player, and it looks like they just love going to work every day. And I think that's really important um, in terms of what you're trying to build at a footy club. And and when everyone sort of picks up the rope and and pulls in the one direction, um, you know, most teams are pretty talented and if you get that that sort of alignment and everyone on the same page knowing what they're doing and how to do it i, I think that's a massive thing so you know the stars help uh, and particularly at critical times but also that sort of alignment and that overall depth is really important for me i think can do you think scoring will go up this season we're he- hearing that everyone's going to play a quicker more attacking more aggressive brand do you actually think it'll happen I know what will happen, uh, and it happens every year, Dwayne. The first three or four rounds will be like that. It'll be high scoring. And then every coach that's lost you know, two out of those three <laughs> will say, geez, we can't keep bleeding 120 <laughs> points. And so all the pre-season where they've trained all that ball movement will be saying, you know what, we have to just rein this in a bit. We have to find a better balance. So, you know, like, yes, you want to kick 100 points and, and um, uh, teams that, that move the ball quickly and, Turn the ball over, that's that's the key. When you turn the ball over, opposition defences don't get a chance to get set. So, you know, about 70% of score is from turnovers. So it's the teams that can create turnovers from opposition and, and go back at them before they get set. They're the ones that score really freely and, and don't turn it over themselves, you know. So if you've got a good kicking team that you don't give it back very easily, that helps. But um, I hope there's more scoring. I love the way that, that Collingwood you know, knock the ball forward, get it going their way, try and move it quickly and, and rebound from defence. And I hope a lot of teams try and copy it. It's a, it's a great brand. And, um, yeah, I, I think last year, I, I loved the footy last year. I thought there was plenty of close games. I think Adelaide, you know, I see a bit of them play. They try and take the game on from half back and, and try and use the corridor, which a lot of teams try, try to do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that coaches continue to be bold. And I hope as, as media commentators, we don't lay into teams that, that do try and do that, and when it doesn't work and they get 20 goals kicked against them, we don't say that they're terrible and they're a disaster and they've got to tighten up because that's generally what happens next. And we turn into the midway through the year, the rain comes, it gets a bit uh, more contested, players get sore, and and generally then the scoring sort of slows down a bit. And then we, we generally spike a bit as we get closer to the finals. Yeah, we kind of saw it a bit last year. Hawthorne, because Sam Mitchell's got job security, he knows he's not going to get the flick. He did try it last year. They did get pummeled a few times. They got smashed by, I think it was 140 points in the preseason trial game against Geelong, and everyone thought it was going to be the end of the world. And Kane said, No one's going to beat Geelong. It's Geelong and then Daylight second. 
So <laughs> Sam Mitchell with Job Security continued to do it. I think we left Sam alone a little bit. Does it come down to that for some coaches? Oh, well, I don't want my ego to be bruised or my job to be in danger. Yeah, I think it, but I think it also comes down to the conviction of the coach as well. Mm. Um, and Sam Mitchell, I, I sense, and you know, I only know Sam a little bit, not very much at all, but he's someone who truly believes this is how footy is played. And, and I got a taste of that under Malcolm Blight. Like he, Malcolm Blight was ultra attacking, and mm. uh, and he, you could you, you were never going to change the way he thought about footy because he had that strong conviction. And I think. Um, you know, Luke Beveridge, I think he's got a conviction about, you know, he, they play a really high possession game, whether you think that's a, a good move or a bad move. Um, but he hasn't, they haven't changed a whole lot the way they've gone about it. They use the ball a lot by hand and flick it around a bit. So, you know, I think it comes down to a bit of the conviction of the coach about, you know, do they have a picture in their head of how the game should be played and, and are they strong enough to be able to stick to that no matter what and, and keep refining it and getting their players to understand it and be able to execute it. So, um, you know, I think, and some coaches stick to it. I think Chris Scott had a real picture in his head for a long time, and then and then they, yeah, at various stages, make little tweaks. And I think that's the art of coaching, knowing what little tweaks to make. And you know, he did that a couple of years ago, and and had the ultimate success. So, yeah, there'll be some coaches have a picture of how they want to play, but they'll make some slight tweaks along the way. Give me your goal kickers for Adelaide this year. A rough number: Tex Fogarty, Phil Thorpe. Rankin, because there's a few that tell me that Fogarty might end up being the number one forward. Can Thilthorpe be the number one forward? I don't think so. Uh, not right now. I think that... Um, no, in time, I mean. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they're still deciding what type of player they want to make Riley Thilthorpe into. Is he going to be a Luke Jackson who um, plays 25% in the ruck, 75% forward and kicks... 40 goals a year, or is he going to be Tom Lynch and just be a pure forward who's going to be up there and, and or you know any of the King brothers and just become a contested marking beast and and you know try and kick 60 or 70 goals a season? I, I'm not sure they're convinced which way they're going to go. I know he's done a, a lot of work this year in the ruck, and I, I know they're, they're they're going to try and use him in the ruck because he's been bogged down a few times where you know, five or six touches in a game and you, you lose a bit of confidence. And when he does push up the ground and play on the ruck, you can get involved a bit. You know, he runs a, a sub uh, sub six-minute 2K, like he's, a, right. he's an athlete. And so if they can, they feel as if he gets up the ground, he starts marking the ball and uh, and gets possessions up the ground, that just gives him some confidence. And then when he goes to market, he, he, he attacks and jumps at the ball much better. So I, I feel like that's where it'll start for him. But, you know, if he has a couple of games, you know, in his first game on debut, he kicked five goals on debut and everyone thought, wow, what have we got mm. here? So it hasn't quite sort of recaptured that. But if he had a couple of games where he did get hold of it and, and started catching everything in, inside forward 50, I think that could change pretty quick and he could become that key forward. But right now, he's going to be a 20% ruckman and, and, uh, and yes, and the third forward for Adelaide. Taylor Walker can't, I, I don't think, will kick 75 goals again this year. The draw helped him a little bit last year. He kicked 30 goals. Uh, was it 30? No, he kicked mm. nine, 19 against uh, West Coast. And, and yeah. they played North Melbourne twice. And he filled up his bag both times there. So I just don't think the, the draw is going to be the same for Adelaide. And, and another year older, um, I just think he might come back a bit. But I think that would be healthy for Adelaide. If, you know, Fogarty kicked, I think, 36 last year in 21 games. I probably think he needs to be closer to 50. Tex probably comes back a little bit 
and and Isaac Rankin missed four games late in the year and still managed close to 40 goals. I, I, I think he can be a 50-goal forward as well. The only thing that um, Isaac may have to contend with is he's been training a lot through the middle of the ground, doing a fair mm. bit of centre-bounce work. So Adelaide want to add a little bit of speed around the ball and a bit of um, uh, a bit of sideways movement. I think a lot of people feel that with Dawson, Laird, Crouch, they're a little bit one speed in, in that centre-bounce and they don't sort of burst out of out of uh, stoppage. And so Rochelle, Rankin, Pedler, some of those younger players are going to get a fair bit of opportunity, I think, early in the year to, to show what they can do. Great to have you, Bix. Going to be good to hear from you during the course of the year as part of our team. So uh, looking forward to having a chat to you. We'll talk soon. Oh, just letting you know where I am, Dwayne. I'm, I'm up at Port Lincoln, Adelaide, are doing their community oh, camp. They're nice. having an internal trial match. So I'm just looking out over uh, Boston Bay, about from the Kyby Diva statue at the moment. Right. It's 29 degrees, a little zephyr of wind blowing, so it's uh, ideal conditions for this trial match this afternoon. you got a best player ever from Port Lincoln. Is it, uh, is it Greg Phillips? Um, who's the best ever from up there? Danny Hughes? Oh, I'm from going with Graham Johncock. He's, uh, he, he was down here yesterday having a chat with the boys. He was a star for Adelaide, but hard to go past Greg Phillips. Is, uh, who else is from over this way? There's been a lot of star players. Darren Mead, I think Port Adelaide's yes. first ever... Uh, uh, winner of the uh, John Cale medal. So it traditionally has been Port Adelaide's country zone and they've got great players forever. It's now flipped over to Norwood. So so Port oh. Adelaide uh, fans will be rolling in their grave knowing that Norwood are getting a lot of the great talent from the Peninsula. But uh, that's the way it is. Good to have you, Bix. Um, and Graham, of course, uh, certainly had the best nickname in the comp. Great to have Mark Brickley, two-time Premiership captain, AFL Nation commentator and co-host of SENSA Breakfast. If you're listening to this somewhere, Port Lincoln Way, give us your top three all-time sports people, footballers from from Port Lincoln. Become a Tool Kit Depot trade member and get trade pricing on a huge range of tools. If you've got a lost in the wash, jump on the line now, 1-300-736-736, and we'll get to you before Chris Anstey talks some NBL.